0: Hello and welcome to the Sound Up Seattle podcast. It is currently 11:23 on Thursday night. We are very tired, and John just beat me at Sorry, but
1: we are here to provide you with the Seattle sports news that you need. Sorry, not sorry. 11:23, <laughs> also known as podcasting time. Exactly.
0: So if our voices get a little groggy, you know why. We're going to be drinking a lot of water trying to keep keep the
1: throats fresh. If at the three-hour mark you're just hearing <laughs> snoring, bear in there. It gets better. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, that being
0: said, we've got, uh, we haven't got we have talked about the Kraken yet. After their uh, kind of devastating loss on, on Monday night, we, we figured we would give everybody a couple days to, to let that
1: sink in. We wanted to be able to talk about it without crying on the air, yeah. so we'll see how we do. <laughs>
0: Um, and then we also have just kind of what's going on with the Mariners. You know, they kind of got their asses handed to them by the Red Sox the last couple days. It's I'm, Thursday; it's a day off, so
1: I'm definitely gonna cry on the air during that discussion. <laughs> so.
0: We we might talk a little bit about the NBA at the end of this, just to just to cheer ourselves up because yeah. the NBA has been great for our our
1: hopes and dreams. To be able to talk about something we can really be excited about. But yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us. It's gonna be a bit of a. Uh, Eh, glum discussion, just just based on the uh, recent Seattle sports play, but it's going to be a good one. Um, anyway, as always, little mm-hmm. coyote picnic. have the discussion. The Seattle Kraken on Monday, I believe, Monday lost uh, Game 7 in Dallas to the Dallas Stars. 2-1 final. It wasn't 3-1 at the end. They didn't get an em- any empty net, or did they? No.
0: We actually scored that one goal with like 17 seconds to go. Correct. Yeah. In, during the empty
1: net. Okay. So yeah, lost 2-1 um, in a game that, as you said, we scored one very late in an empty net situation. Um, so really, it was a 2-0 game. All intents and purposes. Yep. Um, what does that tell you? Offense didn't really get going. Um, I guess just in general, but you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the Kraken in their off season and looking forward, a little optimism. But what were your takeaways from that game seven against Dallas? Um, I think
0: so. A lot of what I was reading was like leading up to the game was like, hey, we should expect like. Uh, a single period where a bunch of goals get scored by one team, whether like somebody gets hot or whatever it is, like one team is going to like pull away at some point just through, through kind of the way that the series had been going. Yes. Um, And it just was weird that that like never happened. It was kind of a really good, like defensive game, all things considered, except for what I remember is the one play by, uh, is it Elisiak something like that. The guy who basically a puck came and it was, ba- he had to either get the puck and it was kind of center ice, or the the Stars' um, wing was going to get that and have just a one on nobody with Grubauer in net, and that was kind of what started the the Stars' momentum. And yeah.
1: after that, it was uh, yeah, the puck was... had been kind of flicked up, and it had some like weird backspin on it when yeah. it landed. It yeah. definitely the guy wasn't expecting it to bounce the way it did, and he just whiffed on it. I don't remember which defensive player with the Kraken it was, but he whiffed it and allowed a a, a one on none fast break that led to the obviously ice breaking uh, goal there. And that was in the second period, I believe. Yeah, I think it was late second period. So this had been a defensive battle up till that point and to lose the momentum of, of, you know, being in this scrap on pretty disastrous play. And, you know, it was kind of indicative of the game in general, because I think one big takeaway both of us would say is that grubauer did not lose us that game no yeah grubauer was awesome as he has been all post there were
0: some saves where he just like would like snag the puck out of just the air snagging it right out with of like there. with one man or it was like a one on zero yeah. similar to what he had you know but eventually you get enough of those and one of those is going to go through absolutely
1: yeah they had a lot of good shots on goal and he was making awesome plays like you said one that play you know technically he let the guy score but he, come on you it's not his fault yeah you can't be in that situation um the offensive player should score in that situation. Um, And then the other shot was just a, you know, a fancy little piece of a stick play down around the net. So uh, I thought he was awesome. Our defense let him down. I think that's kind of in the story of the series in a way. Our defense around Grubauer, not been that solid. I mean, if you think about it in that game, only
0: allowing two goals based on what we had been seeing previously throughout the series, like that's pretty good two is, goals should win you the game and like you know if you think about it the average amount of goals scored in a game to win is like 4. Yeah, that's a good, um,
1: that's a good point. I think I give most of that credit to Grubauer. I think they yeah. could have scored 5 or yeah. 6. Um 1-1 one, one note, this was really interesting. I heard this statistic. Going into game 7 in every single game up to that point the first 6 games the team that lost scored at least 2 goals.
0: So that was the first game that anybody or the loser didn't score two goals.
1: Correct. Yeah. So the fact that we scored zero. So, high, you know, if we would have scored what every other loser scored, we would have tied them. Yeah. The other thing is in five of the six games going into game seven, the winning team scored at least five goals. So we're seeing on average somewhere around seven goals a game scored in the first six games and two were scored on Monday like, night. And, and one one late one. So three total. But Good, yeah, good yeah, call. Yeah. Good call three total but pretty wild what an offensive kind of letdown. maybe isn't the right word it was a really good game it was compelling hockey
0: the, the crowd was like i felt like the the kraken were really good at taking the crowd out of that game yeah. for the majority of it like yeah. they had a power play early or kind of midway through the first period i think is mm-hmm. what it was the stars did and uh the kraken just like killed it and it was like oh that was all their momentum just got taken away yeah
1: And we were trading body blows in terms of getting good shots on the net. Ottinger played an awesome game. Yeah, Ottinger was really good. This was his best game in the series, I think, when they really needed it. Um, He's 20. You're kidding. Yeah, that's what they were saying on the broadcast. Oh, my goodness. He's going to be a menace. Why didn't we steal him in the expansion (laughs) draft? Maybe he wasn't old enough yet. Um, Yeah, that's wild. That guy's going to make a lot of money. Um, But he was fantastic. But, we were, yeah, we were trading good shots on goal in the early minutes flying up and down the ice, both teams, both goalies making great plays, and then it just felt like over the course of the game they were just controlling the puck more and more. A couple plays went their way, and we just stopped getting good shots on goal. Those second and third periods, I felt like our quality shots on goal really dried up. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I'm more disappointed in our defense for giving up the plays that led to their two goals or our offense for failing to generate more. Once again, Ottinger was spectacular, so I'm not going to say that there were a ton of goals there to be had necessarily yeah. but more than more than a 17 second goal at the end of the game would have been nice. I don't I don't even want to count it. It's the equivalent yeah. of like hucking in a 3 down 5 with 4 seconds left. It's like <laughs> cool.
0: Um another thing that I was thinking of and like hockey being a game of momentum especially with the crowd I feel like the Kraken like I said they they got a good stop on the Stars with that power play early and then they proceeded to get just absolutely flustered by the stars when they had a power or you know they got a power play for them for the kraken um they had you know their five on four for two minutes and just couldn't get anything i think we were talking and it was like they got one actual shot on goal during the game or during that power play hmm. and it was like the crowd was like in it at that point where it was like they they know that we don't have the offense or like couldn't really figure out the offense that
1: game and that was, that was the struggle that was gross that power play i remember what you're saying we did not get a shot on goal. Yeah. We took a couple shots, but they didn't qualify shots on goal because none of them were within the box. Yeah. And they had two shots on goal, two good shots on goal, yeah. shorthanded during that power play. That was distressing. That was certainly a moment of like, are we going to win this game? Like That was definitely
0: up. like, after that happened, I was like, I don't feel confident at all right yeah. now.
1: Yeah. That, and that might have been, you know, great season for the Kraken. They're a good team. We were a seven seed, playing the two seed. Or were they the three, Dallas? Um, they must have been the three because yeah, Colorado was the
0: two. beat the two, yeah.
1: Beat the two, which is amazing, playing the three seed and maybe just kind of starting to hit our heads on that ceiling a little bit during that power play where it's I just mean, like, yeah. do we have the talent? Like, we have one more player on the ice than them, and they are, like, running us up and down the ice? Like, what's going on here? Um. Yeah. It was a hell, hell of a series. Seven games. Uh, you know, they weren't way better than us. It went seven games. Um, we dominated them in a couple. They beat us good in a couple. A lot of close games. Yeah. Tough tough to go out that way. But an awesome season. If, if you could have told us going in that we would have beat the Avalanche in seven games, including an overtime game winner in game seven yeah. in Denver, and then take the three-seed Dallas Stars to another seven-game series... We would have taken that in a heartbeat. Going yeah, in, so. I was
0: looking at the like predictions for the for how the series were going to go for when the Stanley Cup playoffs started, and everybody was like, "Avalanche in five. Like it was, it was like maybe the crack can get one home win. Absolutely. And the fact that we made it to the seventh game of round two is yes. like a huge feat for for a second year team. That's Absolutely. crazy, and we could have had it.
1: We could have had it. Can only look forward. Yeah. Um. Wide open now, man. Alive. I'll tell you what odds aren't good, but I'm a Panthers fan. Hard, <laughs> let's go Panthers! Fans. Anytime I can root for an eight seed. They just they just won that that game in the fourth fourth overtime. Yeah, so tonight 11 p.m., the game one of the Eastern Conference finals. Uh, yeah, the Florida Panthers and, and the, the Hurricanes? Carolina Hurricanes went to quadruple overtime, and in the 79th minute, the Panthers won. That's sick! I didn't know that they pulled it out. Yeah, that is wild. 79th minute, so almost a quintuple overtime will they do that at some point do they go to sub, sudden death or do they just make them keep playing
0: i don't know because I, I i think
1: is they it, just cause keep because they have this
0: there's definitely shootouts
1: though right i feel like that's a thing in hockey just i don't think it is necessarily in the playoff yeah in the playoff make, they might take sense. that out of it and just make them keep playing they should do that in like the world cup i wonder instead. if they just start pulling <laughs> kids out of the stands it's like we need legs man these guys are <laughs> People are army crawling across the ice. That's
0: the real reason they have those like Stanley Cup commercials where it's like the six-year-olds beating each other up. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Those are great commercials. Um, all right. I think that's enough doom and gloom on that game. Good game, good series. Uh, you asked me a really good question going into this uh, while we were talking before recording. It's if this team could get one thing, like not necessarily a name of a player, but one type of player... Who would we want um, to improve the team? And, you know, a little tease for you guys is at some point in the next couple of weeks, we want to do kind of a, after the Stanley Cup final. We keep teasing you guys. Yeah. You're not not pulling through. <laughs> That's the thing about a tease. You just got to keep teasing. Um, a uh, post Stanley Cup final kind of look ahead for the Kraken in terms of uh, free agents and who on our team is entering free agency. Who do we have? Under contract, what kind of cap space do we have? Um, so a little more in-depth on what the team actually constructed might look like. But just for now, in general, based on what we just watched, if you could add one type of player to this team, who would it be? Like, would it be... We just talked about the offense and defense both disappointing.
0: I, so one thing that I feel like I want to touch on with improvements that need to be made, and like the main thing that I think of based on that game and the statistics for the season is like we were a really good five on five team really in great. general we we scored the most goals in five on five i think in uh in, in the nhl yeah because we were um, awful in
1: the power play all yeah year. we were
0: awful in the power play so we need somebody or you know some player that can help us win those five on four matchups whether that's somebody who's like kind of you know maybe maybe you could consider them a star in that sense of like they can score anywhere and on their own kind of thing they can develop their own shots to pull that pressure
1: yeah um not just let a team sit back in the zone and somebody that actually draws draws the opponents up a little bit. And I think I think
0: the thing with that is like Dallas has a couple of players who are similar in in terms of like star star power, superstardom, whatever it is, like yeah. you know, just cuz you're a big name doesn't mean you're that type of player. I think we need to look for somebody who has that scoring capability um or maybe just kind of revamp the power play offense. Like I don't really know what we were doing to, to not good. be successful but maybe we're just like overhauling like but yeah
1: there was obviously a problem yeah um yeah i think that's a really good point even what you were saying about like not necessarily a star i think dallas is kind of a good example robertson for them was their star this year he was their lead. he had 46 goals on the year i think mm-hmm. and he scored he had two when
0: we were playing them um like in game seven they kept saying he had like two total postseason goals. yeah
1: so he was really struggling and then Pavelski had a good year for them. I think he had like 30 goals, but was just a playoff monster. He obviously had the four-goal game against us, but I think he had like 15 goals in the postseason. The guy was shredding. And he was a monster in the power play, particularly because he's like an expert at redirecting pucks in front of the net. And I'm thinking, man, how useful would having a guy like that be? Have a guy where, you know, when you're just wailing shots at the net... Not only is that your offense, but you're actually kind of passing them to Pavelski for these redirects. Yeah, you're
0: shooting and just like, this guy tries to get a stick on it. And that's like, if you can tip that, great. If not, it's still a good shot.
1: Yeah, and if if he does tip it, it's like impossible to guard because how can you possibly expect it? How can you expect where it will go? So whether it goes in or not is something else. But he obviously had two of those against us in that amazing Game four, I think that was, or game three. Well, he had four goals in that. In, was it the first game? Was, no, no, no. Because he, he had a four-goal game against us. Correct. I think it was game three or four. I don't, I don't remember. But uh, so maybe even a guy like that, and a guy who isn't necessarily a huge contract, mega name, but a guy that's just kind of an offensive specialist that you can plug in. Because we have a good offense. We saw it. We have, you know, we got deep lines. We can keep the offense going at all times. But... Maybe it would just be nice to have a guy almost like in like basketball, a guy with like a really good post moves, you know somebody that like just forces a defense to think about something. I feel like our offense was maybe like the like generic bagged cereal of NHL offense where it's like it'll get the job done, but it's pretty we like, like the
0: fruit loops or something like
1: that. but like not it's like the fruit rounds, you know <laughs> <laughs> and like the big plastic bags with like the parakeet as the logo um it's like yeah it's good but it's you know kind of predictable so having a guy like that might be nice i think that's what i'd go with too
0: i just thought of that because julio released a cereal brand today
1: you're kidding yeah called julio's <laughs> it was, that's that's a joke isn't it no where where do we buy it fred like, meyer <laughs> all we're eating all summer baby <laughs> we're gonna get big oh it's gonna be great um okay yeah any other thoughts on the kraken
0: not really. I think we touched on everything that I really took away from that game and am hoping to see, obviously, like John said, we'll get a little bit more, you know, in-depth analysis of the the, the structure of the team looking, going forward. Yes. Um, I want to know who we're how losing. many years we
1: have Grubauer. And... <laughs> um, who who are
0: we're that. losing, who we're adding, things like that. Correct. Um, or who we could add. Um and yeah, maybe we'll talk a little bit of Stanley Cup playoffs when those come around, like sure, or, Why like, not? like the you know the finals when
1: yeah we can touch in not it. Not the Bruins play, which will be great. <laughs> That's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the Eastern Conference. Can we can we just give it to whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals? <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to give it to Dallas or the Golden or Vegas. Knights. I want to give it to North Carolina or or Florida. Um. All right. Well, I've, okay. Let's move on, and I think the best place to start is a question. Uh, last we talked, they just beaten. The Seattle Mariners, being day. had just beaten the Boston Red Sox ten to one uh, in. Last we
0: talked, isn't you and me, right? Correct.
1: Yeah. In quite a throttling. Um, how's the series gone since then? <laughs>
0: uh, I think they proceeded to lose like nine to four and twelve
1: to three. I think those were the scores. Yeah, it's been rough. It's are those the only two? I thought we played them three more times. No.
0: Yeah. It was uh, it was a three game series, and today we had we had off. I see. Um, which was nice. The team the team needed a day off after playing in Fenway and uh getting getting shredded a little bit. Wow, you
1: nailed it. Nine to four, twelve to three. Well yeah. done. Yeah, I really do I do follow the Mariners pretty intensely, John. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. So yeah, three game series in Fenway. That's a good note. It yeah. was on the road. That first game, Cal Raleigh. Double dingers. <laughs> so nice. Dumper double dingers. <laughs> oh, triple D. <laughs> Um, ten to one win, and then four to nine loss, three to twelve loss. So the offense was at least scoring. You know, three and four is not necessarily winning baseball games, but it's not like we're putting up ones and twos. I think the three and four also like
0: those runs came in one inning, which is tough because like you know if you're scoring all your runs at once, you're not creating that kind of pressure on the
1: other team's defense or pitching. Well, it obviously just shows your offense is not rolling. It's more just hit a hit a quick streak or maybe a couple walks fed into it. Um, what's really disturbing there is the nine and 12, um, Castillo pitched game two and Marco game three. Is that right? Yep. Whew. That is tough. I'm going back through our schedule and seeing the last time that we gave up nine or more runs. Uh, do you think you could guess when it was? Um,
0: I want to say, I don't know that we've done that.
1: April against a certain Chicago baseball team. Oh, that team doesn't Go- exist. What are you talking about. Uh, <laughs> you guys gave up fourteen, and then.
0: Oh, that was the comeback. Fuck that game. I don't. That's why I blocked it fully out of my mind because it was when we were up
1: seven and gave up nine runs. Uh, yeah, it's tough. That's a tough one there, buddy. <laughs> tough one there, bud. Um, but yeah, it's been a month. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess. Luis, are you concerned about Luis? I'm not concerned about Luis. So I did a little digging on
0: baseball savant today. Um, I did a little prep work. Would you call yourself a baseball savant? No, not at all. I would call myself a baseball enthusiast. (laughs) So so humble. Um, No, so what's going on with Luis? He has had, I think, four straight non-quality starts, which I think three was already the longest so he's already he's extended that to four um in terms of so a quality start just for good the sake of information yeah tell the viewers is, that i know what that is but tell the viewers <laughs> is. is uh six innings going going six innings into the game and giving up three or less runs okay so if you That's think about not it,
1: even necessarily a super high bar
0: yeah it's really not but going six innings into the games can sometimes be tough especially if you have an inning or two where you throw 30 pitches Sure, like, sure it can be tough in terms of you know pitch count and things like that Um, but yeah, so he's gone four straight starts without throwing six innings and giving up. So he's either thrown less than six or he's given up more.
1: Yeah. Today he threw six and gave up five. The other day, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, good call. Other day.
0: Um, but yeah, so he's had four straight of those. And I was looking at his baseball savant page. I was like, everything on this looks like relatively normal. A lot of people are like, huh, I don't really know what's wrong. I feel like he's going to get back to his normal self. Um the one thing that I've noted and seen is that he's throwing his fastball more and all of his other pitches, just a little bit less, but his fastball has jumped up in usage, I think like five to like 5%, which is a a pretty big number. All things considered. Like if you think he's throwing, you know, a hundred pitches a game, that's, bumping every other pitch down. I mean, it's probably 10% now that I think about the numbers. But five more
1: fastballs. Yeah, five or, more fastballs. Or 10 but, more fa- but seriously. So, and those are the ones that people are ripping, so... Yeah,
0: and so what's happened is his fastball average velocity is down one and a half miles per hour okay. from last year. It's at like 95.5, and his average fastball velocity last year was at 97. Mm. And so his four-seam fastball, which has a decent amount of movement... Um, it's slowing down a little but bit. But it's slowing down. It's like, like we were talking about early in the season or maybe it was before the season with Robbie Ray like everybody was stoked because his fastball had gotten gotten faster than last year and he was you know looking to pitch better <laughs> if you're if you're uh if your fastball has decreased in velocity and you were relying on it so much and you rely on it more but it's gotten worse it's like that kind of combination can definitely throw you for a loop
1: that's a good point i'm curious too how much is does he need that fastball in his pitch counts i i'm curious how often he's uh keeping batters honest how often is he getting to two or three balls or is he giving up a lot of runs with one or two balls on the count you know maybe he needs to be throwing you know a little more change up on those balls keeping batters more honest keep getting get him swinging at air a little bit more you get what i'm saying yeah yeah if he's you know throwing all these fastballs with two or three balls already in the count then you you have to do what you have to do but I'm curious if maybe he's getting overzealous and not making batters
0: earn it. I think that's a great point is when looking at the game Tuesday, it was, he got into, you know, his pitch count got really high and that's because he's throwing a lot of balls. He's getting into counts where his Mm. fastball is missing and his fastball is also the pitch that he uses to locate for a strike when it's a three one count or whatever it is. And that so, might
1: also explain the increase in fastballs. Yeah. You're missing your fastball and then have to throw a fastball to recover. Yeah.
0: It's not like you you know, he's got a fastball slider, two seam and changeup. It's not like the other three pitches are the most controllable pitches. Like correct. He's gonna throw the fastball to try and get it into the into the zone.
1: That's a good point. Though, and uh, if you're missing the fastball.
0: Yeah, if you miss that, you're getting into two-one, three-one counts, or like two-o counts. You have to come at him with a fastball. You try and hit the corners and whatnot. But Luis is not known for his control. He's just trying to throw a strike on those on mm. those pitches. And so if you yeah falling behind in the count,
1: um, so that's maybe the more than even than the velocity, then it's the control of his fastball that's really leading to these issues. Yeah. Gosh, we're getting so into the weeds. I love it. It's, that's that's great podcasting right there. That's really good <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> not to pat ourselves on the back, but we are really good at this. Um, okay, so I guess that's great. That's an in-depth discussion. There are conclusions to be drawn. In general, I think it's fair to say you're not worried about Luis. Or am I wrong? Are you actually worried? I'm a little worried. I think
0: so. Looking at his baseballs on page again. All of his fastballs are missing high. Like How he's do you not. Just
1: marry this Savant Page. <laughs> She's
0: just not pretty. Enough, you know? <laughs> um, all of his fastballs are missing high, and so I think yeah. what that comes down to is his like, he's he might be putting too much effort into the pitches. Like he's
1: uh, trying to get that speed up. Yeah, trying
0: to get that speed up, and he's kind of like rearing the shoulders back a little, or mm. back shoulder down a little bit, just like not finishing in the right spot.
1: Luis Death comes for us all, man. Don't 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 fight the Reaper. <laughs> Um, um he's, he's also a little like, smaller
0: he's also a little smaller than our other pitchers and so when you're smaller
1: you got to put a little you more you put in a little bit more on it and i thought 30. you were gonna say he's a little bit smaller than he was last year and i was gonna have a lost a lot of questions <laughs> i'm keeping track <laughs> <Yeah>. um, um <laughs> you sneak into his room and measure him against the doorpost um okay interesting all right well yeah.
0: So a little concerned, a little all concerned. things considered for, for La Piedra we're a little concerned. Um but not that bad. Like right. he's still
1: our he's still our third best pitcher. You'd say it's it's like a B minus level of concern. Yeah. Uh, uh, a four out of ten. Or maybe a five out of
0: ten. I would give it a five.
1: Okay. Well, that's interesting. So I was what I was expecting of you—really throwing off my podcast rhythm here, buddy. Because I was expecting you to say, "No, I'm not concerned about Luis at all. He's an animal." So I could lead the conversation into, "Well, I'm really concerned about Marco Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, I told you this was going to be a glum podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. The concern is the concern is high, Marco. So I gotta I gotta give a disclaimer. You know, like imagine I'm like a TV anchor reporting on a murderer that was my son. Um. <laughs> I have to disclaim going in. I can't say, that's That's the type of disclaimer you're giving? (laughs) Well, he was a really nice kid. You know, you got to give a disclaimer. It's like, I am very emotionally attached to Marco because before he murdered those people, he was my son um, because he went to Gonzaga University, a fine institution that accepted me and did not accept you. Um, Incorrect. (laughs) Where's the transcript, bro? Um, (laughs) Do you want to see the acceptance letter? If you still have it, that just shows that you regret your choice. Um, I'm sure my dad saved it somewhere. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> anyway, I love Marco, just because, you know, we share the passion of Gonzaga University. <laughs> so it's, it's the only thing. It's hard for me to have these discussions, but I feel like he has been like the wobbly leg of our pitching staff, the pirate peg leg. Yes, for two years now. What are your thoughts? gonna take a brief brief pause to, to let that sink in let me dry my tears i can't believe i haven't said that out loud i know marco i'm sorry
0: <laughs> um i'm gonna disagree with you
1: okay oh look at this yeah. <laughs> you just disagree with me <laughs> tonight. well screw you tyler <laughs> um zero out of ten concern <laughs> no marco is
0: uh he's doing exactly what we expected him to do at the beginning of this year like we know that he's not the ace that he was, I wouldn't have called him an ace by any means, but he was our number one pitcher for three years or whatever. He started opening day for hmm. three years or whatever Isn't after Felix. Isn't that wild to yeah. think about? He's now our number five. Like, he's, what is his ERA right now? It looks like you're looking it up. His ERA on the year is 6'10". 6'10". Okay. So it's higher than I thought, but That's it's also... Bad. It, <laughs> it's also from that last start where he went like two innings and gave up nine runs. So, that is very far.
1: He's three and one.
0: Yeah, he's, his start like season. I was gonna say, he's he just got his first loss yesterday. Correct. Um,
1: he's thirty one. I didn't
0: realize he was that old. Yeah, he's an old head. Um, but yeah, he's he was three and zero before before that start yesterday, and so in that sense, just in terms of wins and the ability to like get the team to a spot where they can compete, that is exactly what you want. Like, yeah, Marco's gonna have a couple blow ups, um, and I haven't looked at his baseball savant page, so I don't know what's necessarily like what changed in that last game or anything like that. Um, Maybe that's a
1: topic for the next pod. But, um, yeah, he's three quality starts in, in eight games.
0: Yeah, which is... That's totally fine for a number five starter. Totally. And, um, he, yeah,
1: he had a six-inning inning game where he gave up five and an eight-inning game where he gave up... Oh, no, never mind. Three-inning game where he gave up eight. Yeah, he's had two blow-up starts.
0: Yeah, two blow-ups. Um, and...
1: His first... Yeah, that's tough.
0: Fenway Sorry. is also just, like, a bam box, like their left field, which is where everybody's power will be if they're playing against Marco because he's a left-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. If you throw it to a right-handed hitter who has any sort of power, they could just hit it out because it's so small or just go hit it up against the wall in Fenway. Sure. Um, so all that is to say Fenway is a really bad spot for Marco. I'm really not that concerned. I think he looks, you know, maybe his velocity is down a tick, but he looks just as like I liked I liked the term that like everybody has always used for Marco, which is like he's a bulldog. He like really just like grinds through his starts and like puts the work in. Sure. Um he you know, he's given off Jamie Moyer vibes, which I love. Um and he
1: is literally coming off two quality starts. Like yeah this yeah, this
0: game was rough, but um I think that was a uh an outcome based on the the, the situation park he was and
1: everything putting. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens to everybody once in a while. Yeah interesting wow this conversation did not go at all how i was expecting. <laughs> um but okay so marco's fine and luis is a disaster um you heard it here first yeah
0: we're looking at you know they're going to turn it around marco's going to be the cy young this this year the cy sick. Young. that would be sick. that'd be insane there's no way they would allow anybody who <laughs> throws under 92 to, to get the the cy Young. To,
1: man you'd have to you'd have to get a lot of quality starts um who was pitching for us in game one against Boston? Uh Jorge Kirby. uh Jorge Curves. <laughs> Jorge Kerbs himself. Man, that guy. He looks so out.
0: good. Oh, I watched that game. He looks so good. What's he doing on the year, do you know? Uh I think he's got like a two four five ERA or something like that. He's he's oh like Oh my two-
1: god, he has a two four five ERA.
0: <laughs> What's his win loss? Uh I think he's like two and one or something. I don't know. I don't know wow, his win loss. That was bad. After the ERA, you should have stopped. He's five and two. Really, he's got that many decisions in the game? It looks that way. That's kind of crazy. Because I mean, like, like I said, Marco's only got four. I think Logan only has three or four.
1: Um, okay, so he is, yeah, a lot of decisions. He's only pitched eight games, and seven yeah, of them, seven decisions.
0: of them, the runs were decided by the end of his start.
1: So his first game against the Los Angeles Angels on the third of April. He pitched four point one innings and gave up four earned runs. That's a tough start.
0: Yeah, that did not a great outlook on his first start, but he's looked amazing
1: ever since. His last seven have been quality starts. Yeah. All at least six innings he's given up. One, two, two, one, three, zero, one. Oof. Jorge Kirby. <laughs> have my baby. Um,
0: um Yeah, he's he's been killing it. That's
1: fantastic. Um so
0: you know, we come into, we come out of the Red Sox series, and George Kirby had a great start. He's looking amazing. Logan Gilbert, honestly, I'm pretty stoked with where he's at right now. Um, Bryce Miller has looked great through three starts. He's had a historic... We haven't even really talked about that. He's had a historic start through his first threes. But see, I didn't hear about his third start. Yeah,
1: he's two. Bryce Miller's 2-0. No, he's got, he's a, got
0: like a 0-4-7 ERA. He has an 0 yeah. 4 ERA.
1: That's whack.
0: <laughs> Yeah, through... I think he's got an 18-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. Yeah, he has allowed one earned run in his career. <laughs> yeah. Through 19 innings, he's allowed one earned run, and I believe it was in his first start against the A's. Correct. Yeah. On two hits. Yeah. That was... Yeah, it was he also like back-to-back ten, doubles. And that he also was had
1: 10 strikes that game. Or strikeouts, so... I think other
0: than game. the earned run, I think he hasn't allowed a batter past second base. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, and that's, you know, relying a lot on the changeup, or the fastball, and then... Uh, really lightly mixing in the slider and change up. Sure. And um,
1: as we've discussed, those values will likely come down to earth a small to massive amount. Yeah. But still exciting. bryce Miller for rookie of the year. That's where we're at right now. That is entirely possible.
0: If he yeah, if he continues this pace, he could win the site young. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Screw the rookie of the year. Um so, all things considered we got three starters who I've been stoked about. Um, one who I'm very happy with where he's at. And Luis, I I still think he's gonna figure it out. Like I'm not Plus super. What's Luis's worried. ERA? Uh, I think it's like low fours. I don't know the exact number.
1: Okay, that was the first one you didn't you didn't nail. He's three three one on the year. Uh, okay. Not that bad. Yeah, not not, not that
0: bad. I think he's had like a few really good starts and a couple blow ups. Yeah, fifty eight strikeouts to eleven walks. That's not bad. His real problem is he gets. Um, he just like uses up a lot of pitches. He's a strikeout pitcher. Yeah. And so when you're a strikeout pitcher, you can't go as deep into games, which can lead you to less quality starts. Sure. Um, for all you, for all you baseball nerds who think about it that way. <laughs> um. So I think what we could say is actually, let me just ask you, ask you a question. There's a lot Please. of you asking me questions. I was going to get me involved. Dude. Yeah.
1: Don't let me sit on the bench
0: over here. Um, how, do, how do you feel? What's your, like, on the pitching side of things? That includes the bullpen, that's the rotation. Yeah. Like, how do you feel um, going going
1: ahead? We're a quarter of the way through the season. I think I'm eternally pessimistic about pitching. Um, I think that Kirby is an absolute rock. I have no concerns over him at all. Gilbert, I feel really good about. I, I guess that's the one guy we didn't really discuss. How's Gilbert doing on the year? Uh he's 3 9 1 ERA. He's 1 and 2 in his starts.
0: I think his win losses is not like I said he has a few or a he lot had of 1 no and decisions. 2 a lot of no
1: decisions. Yes,
0: yeah. um, But he's had good good starts. I think he's been good and just hasn't gotten much run support. His start against Dane Dunning that was the
1: one that really pissed me off. Yeah, three quality starts, a lot of Yeah, he really hasn't given up that many run runs. He's just not getting through a lot of innings. 6.2 is his most most innings pitched. Um, so, obviously, Kirby's the rock star, but I really like Logan Gilbert. And I'm really confident in him. Ironic, considering that he's pitching worse than a couple of these other guys. But Castillo, I thought you would be less worried about him, but I'm always worried about as soon as a pitcher turns 30 in one day. I know that many can pitch well into their 30s, but I, immediately, I treat them like NFL running backs. <laughs> it's like, nope, his knees are going. <laughs> Toss him, toss him to the to the glue factory. Um, Jesus. <laughs> especially with guys like Luis that, you know, their speed and their, like, fire is so important to their game. And you noted smaller guy. They tend to age faster. So I am worried about him. Um, I worry about Marco. I just, he's a fine regular season pitcher. I just worry about seeing him out there in the postseason.
0: Well, that's a good thing. You don't usually run five starters in the postseason. So. Very, fair, very fair. The question we is, might thinking about ether. that, Thinking about that, do you start Bryce Miller or Marco when you get to the
1: postseason? Oh, if, right. If the postseason started tomorrow, you would absolutely start. You would probably start Bryce Miller first, or you probably start him second, buying Kirby. You start him? No, 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 no. He has. He has. <laughs> He's been, had three starts, and he has been unbelievable. It doesn't matter if the playoffs started tomorrow. You, no, you wouldn't put him second? Put him, him fourth. You put him fourth? Yeah, you start.
0: George Kirby, then you go Castillo, then you go Gilbert, then you go Miller.
1: I don't. You gotta let the hot hand cook, baby. It's not about egos. Gilbert's got a 391 ERA. Miller's got a 047 ERA. Yeah, let the boy throw.
0: Okay. We're talking about he pitched against the Astros, he pitched against the A's, and he pitched against the
1: Tigers. Two of those teams suck balls. <laughs> now that is a compelling argument. That is very fair. If the Angels are the best team that he's played, you said the, the... Astros. Astros. Oh, Which, Astros. who are who are good, but they don't have any. They didn't have any data on him. Like, okay, yeah, and that's another thing. They don't have data on him. But that's another reason. Let him pitch early, get his win, and then shelve him for the rest of the series. <laughs> that's another. Yeah, honestly, start him game one. Nobody has any idea what's coming. <laughs> now is the time to do it. I'm against this argument fully. We're talking about the
0: playoffs. Let's get let's get away from that right now. That's because... a very that's
1: a very fair point. Yeah, I I like Bryce Miller already. I just, there's nothing more valuable than good pitching, and there's nothing scarier than mediocre pitching. Yeah. And Bryce Miller has the chance to be a good pitcher, and uh, Marco has a damn near guarantee to be a pretty mediocre pitcher.
0: So that no, is my wouldn't You wouldn't start Marco in the playoffs. Like, it's, it's past that time. I don't even think you carry him on your roster in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: Um... But so I, I, you know, I still feel good about our pitching. I, you know, we got schlacked twice in Fenway. Things happen. Yeah. It's not the Fenway's Fenway. We scored 10 in the first game. Like, uh, yeah. it's just one of the teams is going to have 15 runs. Runs can pile up there pretty quick. So it'll be, yeah. We've talked about our concerns with this team. Pitching is not one of them. I'm going to have to see a lot more bad starts from this collective before I start to get really worried. Because even like, it's like, okay, say Luis goes on a bad run here. I, I trust him to get back on his feet. And, you know, we've got the support to deal with him having a bad run or Gilbert or Marco or whoever. The only guy I'm not concerned about being bad is George Kirby. That guy's <laughs> fucking talented.
0: Um, and the other thing is thinking about it in terms of like statistics by Fangraphs war, Luis Castillo is about even with George Kirby. So okay. like, you know, in wins above replacement, which Luis and Kirby play the same position. So they're the same, you know, <laughs> they replace one another. Yeah, they have this, they've had the same value. And so that is fascinating. I don't understand that. It's because of strikeouts. It's a lot of a lot of it has strikeouts, to do strikeouts are more in that uh, okay. equation or algorithm. But okay, that's fair. Um, and Gilbert's like, I think we have three in the top eleven. Or last time I checked, it was three pitchers in the top eleven. That's hot. Yeah, we have the we have the best pitching staff. Van Graf's war, um, in the majors. And I'm worried about the difference between <laughs> the difference between us and number two is like three war, which is crazy. <laughs> three war. <laughs> Not World War Three. <laughs> thank God. All right. Um, I think we have one more little topic. We're going to take a quick breather oh, just for God. a couple minutes, um, and we'll come back and talk a little bit about Colton Wong and maybe how, how he's feeling.
1: Sure. This episode is brought to you by Milk Duds. Are you getting a little rumbly tummy in the cinema, but you're also 87 years old? Well, do we have the candy for you. Do all those new and fancy candies have frightening-looking packaging that looks hard to unwrap and tough to deal with? Well, we've got a candy that's going to stick to your dentures for the rest of the night. Oh, that's the good sound right At there. ASMR. <laughs> Please, try Milk Duds. They will take an hour to eat with minimum reward.
0: It's taken me about two weeks to get through half of that
1: box (laughs) buy a box of milk duds beat a small family for a month coming up next colton wong or colton wrong we'll discuss why the mariners have some changes to make and actually right now we're gonna do it right now
0: yeah we're it's it's happening that was actually a great intro
1: can we move that snippet to before the ad break (laughs) it's just too good um
0: so yeah getting into what john just said uh colton wong he, Mariner's Twitter is up in a frenzy right now because he had an error to start off um, that third game against Boston. Um, and they, they, I think it was the second maybe, but he, he basically caused, I think, four runs to be allowed. Ooh. Um, you know, they, those don't go to him. It's not, you know, going to affect his statistics. Yeah. But like, you know, they don't get an out and it allows more runs to score and, yes. you know, elongates the inning, which uh, which was not good.
1: But in his defense, his defense may be slipping, but he is batting 177 on the year with zero home runs. So
0: He has like three doubles on the year. Like it's, <laughs> it's bad. Um, yeah, you should look at his slugging numbers, actually. What did you say they were? Or did you did I, you I don't see his slugging here. You should look at his slugging. It's like he's batting 177, oh, and his slugging, slugging is like 210.
1: 208. Yeah. That is bad. That's really with, bad. With 22 strikeouts.
0: <laughs> Which actually is really low like he's not striking out a ton but that's he is not to not have any sort of power like we we really have just kind of avoided playing him recently as much as we can he's been getting a decent amount of at-bats against right-handed pitchers but he's not been playing good enough to like warrant a spot on the roster right
1: oh for one on stolen bases (laughs) Uh, absolutely not. He's been playing like trash. He's an offensive liability and a defensive liability. Um, maybe he's a really good clubhouse guy. So the follow-up question to that is, what do we
0: do if we don't play Colton Wong? Do we release him? Do we DFA him? We traded Jesse, well, we traded Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro, who are not amazing players, but we traded two players to get him, and he has not worked out. Um, we have Jose Caballero. Who did we
1: trade? For him from? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Ah, Milwaukee. Always sending out horrible talent. (laughs) Just three years too late. Um,
0: So we've got Jose Caballero, who's playing second base at a good clip. I think he's batting like 297, 298. Mm. Um, Which we desperately need in the lineup. Yeah, we just need somebody getting on base. Granted, he doesn't have as many at-bats. Sure, but yeah, 298 is nice. He's also
1: 26 and up 32.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think he's just like a very confident bat right now. Like the way he approaches the, the pitch clock has been something that service and Depoto yep. have talked about just like their confidence in him. And he's got a full half
1: of the at bats that Wong does. So
0: yeah, that, the numbers there do not lie. Yeah. Um, all that is to say, he's not really proven himself against right-handed pitching.
1: He, we, we really platoon him with Wong. Yes. Um, but so that's fair. His numbers would drop if he was getting them, the lion's share of the, yes of the attempts at second
0: yeah um and we don't really have anybody else to play second base right now we have sam haggerty who has been he really hasn't hasn't really provided a lot of uh isn't that a shame i love haggerty he was great last year he hasn't provided much yeah. he's bad one forty-seven. he's yeah Yuck. worse than colton Wong, and we've it's... been using him as more of like an outfield platoon where we bat him or we hit him only against left-handed pitching because he sucks from the left side yeah um And so, Sam Haggerty's not really the the replacement if we're trying to platoon with with Wong. Um, Moore is still down in rehab in Everett, and I think he's trying to come back in a couple weeks, but he's also a right-handed bat. Like, we don't really have anybody, if we're trying to do this platoon at second base, we don't have anybody to take that position when that can bat left-handed, besides Wong and Haggerty, but they both suck from the left hand side.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is... Brutal. Um, maybe just giving Caviero a bigger chunk, giving him some experience against lefties and just seeing what he can do, or against righties and seeing what he can do. I mean, long has been bad. I guess the thought is, you know, maybe there are Milwaukee fans out there that are saying he's like the <laughs> Julio Castillo of <laughs> second baseman. You got to just give him time and he'll get better. But, man... I'm looking at his year-by-year stats, and, yeah, he really fell off a cliff. Yeah. Um, another
0: thing to note is the Mariners have one player who plays shortstop in, I think, AAA right now, Mason McCoy, um, who would be... Great baseball name. <laughs> who, I think, bats right-handed, so he's kind of has the same issue, but he's somebody who we haven't seen up yet, mm. and we haven't really tested his ability to hit against right-handed pitching. Um, I don't know if the Mariners have really put in the work to test Jose Caballero against right-handed pitching either. Yes. Um, so we're still, like, looking ahead to see what the next steps could be. I saw an interview with Jerry DiPoto um, somewhere, or maybe it was a quote from somebody from the interview, but he was basically saying, like, we're going to give Caballero a, a, a bigger burden at second base for now and just see if, like, some some time, not away, but, like, some time not starting for Wong will, like, get him to, like,
1: recenter because he get might be pressing. To sit in the corner with a dunce cap on for 10 minutes. And <laughs> yeah, he might be pressing. That is fair. Um, so, yeah, I interrupted you. I I think that's the right move. I also i am kind of talking to myself back in on Colton Wong, just looking at his year-by-year stats. They fluctuate up and down, but it's, like, a floor of 241 to a ceiling of, like, 285. He's just been really consistent for the last five years. The fact that he's batting 177, unless he is like physically falling apart, it will come back up. So yeah, maybe just take a little pressure off him by giving Caballero kind of the lion's share and let him work his way back into it. It would be nice to have the righty-lefty combo at second. Because yeah, we don't have anybody there who's like a star who needs to be playing every day. And the nice thing about that is that you can match up you know, when need be. So yeah, maybe I'm I'm cooling even as I'm talking about it. And maybe we just need to let let Wong work it out, you know? Yeah. I knew
0: I, I thought we were gonna get to that point, but I figured we would have the discussion because like I said, Mariner's Twitter is freaking out because they think we should DFA Colton Wong. You and I don't think that's the the next step to
1: take. Give Mariner's Twitter what they want. A long discussion. Um I think that's all there is on the Mariners.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always more that I could bring up, but I think that's what we need to talk about for You're today. You're exhausting me. <laughs> it's been 48 minutes, and uh, we only we said this was going to be a short podcast, as always. So yes,
1: I know this is yeah we always do this, do but you,
0: do you want to talk about the NBA?
1: Just I just want to say that Jimmy Butler is the baddest mf'er on the planet. Yeah, uh, they beat the Boston Celtics in Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston. After everybody was picking Boston to win in like four or five. And Jimmy Butler has six steals. He had thirty four points and like twelve assists. That was great. The man had six steals, including three in the fourth quarter, where we he was just snatching it out of the air. I I'm I've not been like the biggest Jimmy Butler fan, but I am like so hard on the bandwagon right now.
0: <laughs> I have always loved Jimmy Butler. I was like I was talking with some buddies yesterday, and I was like, I would rather, like, of all the players left in the in the NBA uh, playoffs, who do I want to win a ring the most? And it was like, Jimmy Butler. There's no doubt in my mind that It'd I want to It'd be cool to watch Jimmy yeah. Butler.
1: Get one for another one for Spo too. And just, yeah, we didn't want to do a long one on this. Jimmy's a badass. Worth noting, Marquette, shooting guard you, dude. Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder. A lot of talented shooting guards coming out was of. Is Jay Crowder considered a shooting guard? He certainly was when he started his I career. Think it's it's interesting that Marquette has produced a few good players. You, and, but just like all of the same type, too. Yeah, like yeah. Defensive, scrappy, always working on that three point game, never <laughs> quite gets there, though. Jimmy's shooting the stripes off the ball right now. But yeah, Jimmy Butler, bad man.
0: Another thing with the. So the tonight, the Lakers Nuggets game happened. Correct. And that game was like kind of back and forth. I was watching the second half. Yes. game was kind of back and forth as they came out of the half.
1: Yeah, and Lakers led for a majority of the game. They led until, I think, halfway into the fourth or something, but Nuggets was, were chipping away at them. Yeah. League. They were up like, 10 or 12 early, and the Nuggets were just chip, chip, chipping away. Yeah,
0: I, I kind of hopped on the game, and the Lakers were up, and I was like, oh, there's... That's kind of, like, just crazy to me because I was expecting the Nuggets to run away with the series.
1: Yes. Um, And
0: then, Speaking oh, my which. God, Murray <laughs> had 23 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was. I was watching that, and I was like, "Is is this happening right now? Is this man better than Jason Tatum?" Jamal is like,
1: Murray is also a bad man. Is
0: the discussion now Devin Booker versus Jamal Murray?
1: <laughs> that's you know that's kind of an interesting discussion.
0: Well, I think it's I think it's interesting because they're both kind of like not super big names during the regular season as well. Yeah, like they're playoff performers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a cool stat that in the entirety of the careers, Allen Iverson and Michael Jordan each had two quarters where they scored 20 or more points in a single quarter. Jamal Murray has 4. And Jamal Murray has 4. God. He, he's 26 by the way. Yeah. And lost a season to a torn ACL. so He's okay. Yeah, I think he's he alright. He might be okay.
0: Uh, also Jokic cool. had just a quiet triple-double today.
1: A super quiet 28-17 and 13. Yeah. Super super quiet. Jesus. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> Don't tell the world about this man. Best not to mention it. <laughs> Don't tell Joel and Pete. He's <laughs> he's suffered enough. Um.
0: Okay. I think we're we're good. Oh, I'm, we I'm, can. I'm so good. Yeah. We can. We can be done. Um. Hey, that was a, that was a good.
1: We, we can be done. We can leave.
0: <laughs> I'll let you go to your room now.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is uh this is the inaugural podcast with me now sleeping in the room adjacent to the one that this is being recorded in.
0: Yeah. Um. Maybe eventually I'll get mad at you and make you just go record in your room and we. Can...
1: <laughs> My separate mics.
0: Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Sound Up Seattle, please feel free to give us a follow on Spotify or wherever you found this. It's probably on Spotify because that's the only place we do it except for the RSS feed of Sound Up Seattle, which, again, like I said a while ago, my mom uses. Um, you can find Sound Up Seattle on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SoundUp Seattle, all lowercase, all one word. You can find or you can also email us at soundupseattle at gmail.com, actually. Um you can also find me Tyler at TyCart50 on everything, um, and you can find John uh, in the room next to me. So now you he can't avoid you. So if you message me, I can immediately send it to his printer and just like put no. it put it in his room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not the printer. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, feel free to send us your questions on Twitter. I know we have not had any DMs, but. We're getting to the point now. We've got seven listeners so far. (laughs) Hell yeah, Jimmy.
1: Slide into those DMs.
0: (laughs) Um, We appreciate you guys listening. We hope you have a great Friday. And uh, have a good weekend. And as always, go
1: squids. The season may be over, but the squids are still alive and alive. Should should we change it to goms? Go m's? (laughs) Goms. Yeah, yeah, I think go ems. It's time. All right. Deal. Go ems. Go ems just really need to open a water bottle sure if
0: that squeaked and want to
1: <laughs> want to do a quick ad break sure please don't drink during my ad read <sighs> fuck you <laughs>